Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Pierre Moyes, founder, general partner, and chief investment officer of Japan-based deep tech venture capital fund Nemesis Technologies. Pierre was born in France and educated in England and the U.S. In 2007, he moved to Japan, and now it's been almost 15 years. Pierre is a private equity and venture capital investment professional with more than 15 years of experience in portfolio management and M&A transaction and more. And he was the former private equity technology practice director at PwC, where he co-led the Blockchain Center of Excellence. In 2022, he founded Nemesis Technologies, and I'm super excited to hear how his journey has been in Japan and learn from him. So, welcome to the show, Pierre. So happy to have you here today. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm equally excited. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you have built a great career. So you managed an end-to-end two billion U.S. dollars investment portfolio at the age of 28, and you became an in-house director at the age of 30. And in 2022, you founded、uh, Nemesis Technologies that operates businesses in different countries. So, what has contributed the most to your success in your career, in your opinion? Well, thanks for the question, Lucy. I think、uh, success is、uh, is always.、Uh... Potentially a subjective、uh, way of, of of looking at it. So I often answer with the same two words: success is about the infinite game, and the infinite game of of mindset and emotional intelligence.、Um, let me just dig a little deeper on the on on that. We we often say life expands or shrinks based on one's courage, right? Um, and that comes down to emotional intel- intelligence. Without emotional intelligence, you don't have the will to be courageous to take whatever steps it is in your life. So for me, it's always been about the art, sort of the art of always trying to be in the moment, using my body in the specific environment in which I evolve as a sort of basis for my own intrapersonal skills and intelligence, the ability to share social space. Uh, which I think is absolutely crucial and fundamental in in social life. It's been about、um, uh, being present in the moment, using my own perception and my own understanding, and 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 creativity and problem solving and and self regulation kind of、uh, of actions to to always adapt to、uh, to the environment、uh, around me. So for me, the recipe of success and whatever.、Um, uh, How we define、uh, what really is success has always been about getting to know, particularly my inner self, that enables me to better understand my ex- the external environment around me, and 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 it has been a key aspect in developing any kind of of success or intelligence.、Um, so self regulation is the bedrock for me of, of of everything, and it had much more influence on health and, and well being, corporate performances than anything else. So that's my success,、um, and again, it's the infinite game,、uh, and I think that's Simon Sinek that calls it the infinite game,、um, meaning that it's about constantly allowing yourself to do more than just coping with things,、uh, but rather keep on learning and 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 think and try to understand as a sort of constant fuel injection for future successes. So、um, so there's there's no end to it, and once again, that's how I would define. Um, uh, whatever、um, success of mine, if that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> so first of all, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek as well. So when you mentioned Infinite Game, it kind of like you know ring the bell. So like, oh yes, Simon Sinek. And second of all, yes, self awareness is really important. Like self regulation, as you mentioned, I、yeah. think that's really the key、uh, in life. And actually, you made me.、Um, Curious about this question. Actually, you mentioned emotional intelligence. Do you think that you know some people tend to have like you know good emotional intelligence, and maybe some others 
might not. I don't know. Um, and do you think that emotional intelligence is something that everyone can learn and improve? Yes, absolutely. I think it's a it's a brilliant point. I, I don't think we're born naturally with emotional intelligence. I think we learn it from the way we're out. Um, uh, and from the moment we're out, you need to learn about the world around you. And that's what we become, whether it's cultural, whether it's language, whether it's context of family, you just learn to deal with that and more. And emotional intelligence is about learning to deal with that and more. Uh, and again, and mm. what it is from a, from, a, from, a, from a life, from a human being standpoint, what it is that you can do to understand yourself and understand the influence that you can have in your own context, in the people uh, uh, around you, understand the impact that you may have uh, on people around you as well, um, to, to better uh, self-regulate and, and, and really apprehend and better understand what you're capable of. Um, as, as a human being. So that's, that's how I, I define EQ. And I think, uh, again, infinite game, there is no end to it until the last mm -hmm. breath we will be learning on, 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 on what, is, what is EQ um, uh, beyond anything else. So it's always been a topic that I cherish very much, even from a leadership mm -hmm. uh, standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about, you know, um, uh, understanding, everybody understanding themselves before anything else. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Such a great answer. Wow. I've never heard anyone answer to this question in this way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I we're, we're enjoyed, all learning. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's good. It's very good. Okay. So you graduated from the London Economics and Political Science in 2007. And yeah. right after graduation, you moved to Japan. So that was. 2007, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So since 2007 till now, 2022, you've been living in Japan. That's quite, quite a long time. So tell us how your journey in Japan all started. And uh, yeah, tell us more about your experience in Japan. Well, yeah, that's, that's a heck of a journey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I was, um, I was um, young, 20, to 23 years old, uh, fresh grad um, from the London School of Economics in, 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 in finance and, uh, and, and economics. And I was on campus recruited by Carlisle, which is a Washington-based private equity firm and that has become one of the largest in the world nowadays. And they first sent me for a 10-month project in Sydney, Australia, mm. uh, which I thought would be a brilliant uh, start of the career prior to returning to uh, to London, which is a city that I cherish very much. Um, and it went well in Australia, and I had to double up on another project that was in Tokyo. Um, so that's really how the whole Tokyo thing um, uh, started. And I thought, hmm, you know, after uh, nearly a year in Sydney, another year in Tokyo is going to look fantastic on my resume, you know? Yeah. Uh, 23 years old, a young business analyst. I had my own competencies. I spoke a few words of Japanese here and there because I had some Japanese friends back in London. And, and, and so that's, that's how the whole thing really started. And, 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 and 15 years later, um, um, again, um, uh, it's been about uh, building your own routine, making friends, um, family, um, you know, getting promoted and, you know, the usual, um, usual journey where I think once you go over these three, four, five years threshold, um, you know, it's, it's home. Uh, it became home. Uh, you're, you're almost not anymore um, a stranger overseas. You know, you become a stranger in your own country. <laughs> um, so, um, so, so that's the overall, uh, the overall start of Japan, which was never expected. I would never have thought to even come to Tokyo except for traveling. Um, it, it just went really well. And again, it was work-driven uh, initially. Mm -hmm. It went well with my, um, uh, what we call senpai in Japan, which is you always have a sort of senior leader that sponsors you uh, in terms of mm -hmm. competencies and capabilities and training. And we clicked in really well uh, with a gentleman called Yamada-san. Um, and, um, and he asked to localize me after not even six months and that's it. Yes. Why not? <laughs> you know, that was the, that was the start. Once again, you're, you're, you're free, right? There's no, there's no family, there's no kids. There's uh, you're just starting your career 
and uh, yeah, hell yeah, let's see what happens later. Uh, and, um, and 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 that was the overall start. And, and Carlisle's been a, a fantastic school, uh, a military school, mm. I always say. But it's been uh, been a very forging um, uh, experience that definitely uh, uh, still counts a lot in in where I am today. Um, so yeah, that's the the, the beginning of, of Japan, uh, an island that I made my home, um, and that I wouldn't change. Um, and 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 yeah, that's it. Wow, but like I mean, fifteen years is such a long time, right? And you mentioned earlier that like you really love London, mm-hmm. and have you ever? I guess like one of the many reasons I guess uh, for you to stay in Japan and make Japan your home could be your work as well as you mentioned, like you really enjoyed working at your previous company and you know all those things. But like, have you ever considered maybe like you know moving back to Europe maybe after three or four years in living in Japan, or have you you know it was not just in your plan at all? Very often. I've often thought about it, of course. Uh, it's and 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 even sometimes now, um, not like oh, what the hell am I doing here? I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Uh, but from from a really long lifespan uh, perspective, yes, yes, of course. After six months in Japan, after three years, after five years, after ten years, I still after fifteen years. Uh, <laughs> there, there's been opportunities back in 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 two thousand eleven, um, and I perfectly remember it was um, uh, beginning of March. 2011, I was in New York and I was supposed to transfer uh, from Carlisle, Japan to Carlisle, uh, US, based in the New York office. And uh, March 11 came in Japan, which is the big earthquake and tsunami uh, event. Uh, And that has just shut off the whole plan uh, that has changed everything. Mm. Um, So there's been opportunities, but again, um, you keep on moving with your daily routine, your daily responsibilities, friends, family, kids, you continue to embrace your local life that you have chosen. Um, and, 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 and the more you're, let's say, well-established, uh, not from a bragging perspective, but well-established in terms of your own daily life, mm-hmm. uh, the more difficult it becomes to take that mm-hmm. step to geographically change everything yeah. and restart from everything because i've been thinking and, and, and as i uh, told you i think I'm, I'm from a little island in the mediterranean sea that's my little piece of paradise uh, there there will always be this thinking of you know uh, uh, should i um, finally land back uh, over there mm-hmm. uh, or and i don't know i don't know i think life will tell it's everything is a transition it's a matter of time, and I don't even know. Maybe I'll be in London in five years. God knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, who knows, right? Yeah. What? I'm just curious. What do you like the most about Japan? Like, I guess I I don't know. Like, it could be food. It could be culture. It could be anything. Um, is there anything that you can pick? Like, you can you can you can tell us like, oh, like I really like this thing in japan uh there's there's definitely one point that i have rarely found anywhere else and which i will call um uh, harmony um society harmony um and it's not um it's not alice in wonderland uh, you know uh, but (laughs) there is something about japan that really clicked with me from from the first few weeks where There constantly is this obsession from people, any inhabitants from any city, from any countryside to make sure that local communities live in harmony and that there is respect, safety, cleanliness. Um, And I found that, again, as a Frenchman, I love my dear country very much, but we're (laughs) not like that uh, in Latin culture at all. Uh, and I've always found that, and still 15 years later, mm-hmm. uh, I found a, a certain beauty uh, in in being able to, again, um, uh, constantly have this sort of out-of-body experience for everyone to make mm-hmm. sure that it's about respecting the others, sometimes even more than yourself. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it comes with a lot of challenges as well. Uh, again, when you're a, a 23-year-old man coming with uh, when in London or Australia or the US, but that's very Western-driven. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so you you just 
try to forget your own marks, per se. Uh, mm-hmm. Your group to be able to understand and adapt to what it is that it means to live in, in, in harmony. Um, and that's the truth. I mean, look at the overall uh, society uh, in Japan. It's, it's not that much exposed to the rest of the world still in 2022. Uh, there's barely any crime. Um, uh, it's extremely safe in any kind of environment, even in the middle uh, heart of, of Tokyo. Um, so that makes you gear up completely differently versus some other cities and, and some other countries. And God, I love it. Uh, it's, it's something that has forged me uh, as well. And that even when I'm sitting in a cafe uh, back in Paris on the Champs-Élysées and, and, and trying to enjoy the time, there is some manners some ways of speaking between a barmaid and a customer, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. that sometimes feel like, you know, WTF, what is she talking about? You know? <laughs> um, and, 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 and I like that, and it's, it's, it's fine, but that, that's really the, the points that maybe was a part of what I was uh, initially, uh, and that I found it easy to absorb, per se, uh, within uh, the Japanese uh, context. So, Top thing that I love, I will say harmony. Yes, food and, and, and culture and language. There's many interesting stuff, but really the harmony uh, of the society is, I think, something beautiful that is uh, becoming quite rare. Hmm. So, well, now, you know, you've been living in Japan for 15 years. Uh, you mentioned harmony and everything, but do you think that, you know, when you compare yourself maybe back in 2007 or even like, I don't know, 2010 or 2015, do you notice any change in yourself? Like, you know, you believe because like Western cultures and Asian culture, Japanese culture are very different. And now you've immersed yourself into this Asian and Japanese culture. So now when you are back in Europe, when you're back in France or England, when you speak with your friends back home, or friends in England, do you notice that, you know, anything changed <laughs> in Absolutely. you? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. There is no doubt that, you know, it's almost a third of my life, Mm. a little less uh, than a third of my life. So it has dramatically and drastically forged me. And I will not say changed, but Mm -hmm. forged me into, into who I am. It's not, it's not become just an expat experience. It's, it's Mm. part of who I am, how I've grown how I've learned, uh, who I've met, uh, what I've become, uh, and, and, and how I think and process things to some extent uh, as mm. well. So, you know, again, the saying, I mean, once you open your mind to new dimensions, I mean, you, there, there's no way back. Uh, there's no way yeah. back. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yes, it's sometimes difficult to catch up or reacquaint with some good old mates back in France and all that, because I'm not saying there's two worlds clashing, uh, but but obviously you 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 you've adapted to to an environment which was not yours, but which has forged you. So your mind has evolved in a different direction, uh, you know, and 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 sometimes even with my own family, my own parents and and, and sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. It's not anymore. It's home. It's not like oh, you know, I'll, I live in Tokyo and uh, and I'm gonna go back home. No, it's, Japan is home. And when I travel, I travel. Even I go to France, travel to France to see the family. But I always back home to Tokyo. That's this, this, um, this feeling which maybe I didn't have after two or three years, but it really started back then. So it's it's more than a decade uh, uh, already. So yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, life changing. I just don't know what it would be like if I didn't come to Japan and if I stayed in wow. Europe or, or Japan, right? it's, it's unimaginable. And I'm not saying it's good or bad at all, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's part of of that journey of, of one French guy and, and, and that became that he's still French. Uh, but obviously there's this strong element of, of living in Asia and specifically in Japan. Um, that changes the rules of, of the game again in, 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 in the way you process things. I guess for your case, I guess you really clicked with Japan and Japanese culture very much in in early, I guess like in your first or second years. As you mentioned, like for the cup, like when you first arrived in Japan in six months, you realize that oh my gosh, like I really clicked with this country, right? Yeah. So I think I think it's really amazing to be able to find a place, a new place where you can call home, 
right? Exactly. Other than your the country that you were you were born. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and, were the, and it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And 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 just to to wrap on that, I think I, I, I've often said um, even to my son, I think it's it's always been easier for me to be a stranger overseas than a stranger in my own country. Uh, and I hope that summarizes mm-hmm. the feeling that I found a place, I found a home, or I made a home far away from my own roots. That doesn't change my roots whatsoever, but home was meant to be somewhere else. It happens to be Japan. Yes, I clicked in. Uh, it's not perfect uh, anywhere. Nothing is. Uh, but all in all, the balance is there, and, uh, and, uh, and that's the way it is. And I'll, I'll keep on cherishing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, were there any challenges when you first arrived in Japan? Um, I guess like language was probably one of the challenges. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, many challenges. <laughs> many, 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 many. I mean, you've, you mentioned language, uh, culture and food. All right. That would be the, uh, the three obvious. Um, <clears throat> I first landed here and, uh, you know, you just completely lost in translation, like the movie, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, you land in, in uh, Narita Airport. You're just 23 years old. There's a, a, a service department waiting for me uh, downtown because Carlisle was helping me to, to set up, uh, to set myself up and to settle down in, uh, in, uh, in Tokyo. Um, uh, no idea about the train. Everything's written in, in kanji, uh, uh, Chinese characters. Uh, you don't speak a word. People are very shy. They don't speak a word of English, even at the airport. That's 15 years ago. Um, uh, so it is completely not discouraging, but you're completely losing your marks, really. It's like, you know, the young Western French guy landing castaway, you know, uh, landing somewhere that you have absolutely no clue how you're going to deal with that. So you take the train, you end up downtown, you find your apartment. Wi-Fi was not activated yet. So the first thing is going out, trying to find an internet cafe, sending a note to the family. Hey, I'm in Tokyo. Everything's good. <laughs> uh, but even finding an internet cafe took me two and a half hours because I couldn't read any signs. I couldn't, yeah. you know, I couldn't handle it. And I was trying to ask very gently and politely and slowly in English to some people in the street. They were very kind, but they were telling me, oh, they were trying to just tell me I can't yeah, speak English. Uh-huh. That's all. They couldn't even get a word of what I was saying. So it was a, it was a, it was a heck of a challenge. And again, that was a sort of thrill in the same time that, mm. that made me want to discover more and make the effort uh, to mm. be in this um, and 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 try to get by. And that's those first six months um, that we mentioned about um, earlier. Uh, but it's been and even nowadays. I mean, it's again, it's a very ho- how do you say homogeneous society. There's not a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the raw diversity that you have in London. Yeah. Um, uh, um, so you're still just a white guy that speaks English. Nobody knows if I, if I drive or take the train that I've been in 15 years, right? <laughs> um, and that I speak the language and that I understand the, the culture and that I probably pay more taxes than a lot of them. Uh, people don't see that because there's still not this understanding of, of large foreign community uh, in the country. So there's still some uh, some some challenges that you that you know you just deal with on the on the day to day, and it's just it's just part of what it is, I guess, uh, being a long term expat uh, on this uh, on this island. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned um, the community. How is the um, expat community in in Tokyo in Japan? Like, are so, there many people who are calling Japan? home like you do or are there many foreigners living in japan or was it easy to easy to find friends when you first arrived in japan yeah so i think it's been really drastically changing over the last decade uh, or let's Mm. say uh, pre-pandemic where japan was still a very close country was a very small community um, of um, foreigners when i arrived we were only seven hundred thousand foreigners resident in Japan out of 129 million people. Um, so that is a very, very, very tiny um, uh, community. Yeah. But because of business and particularly because of the relationships between Japan, uh, Europe and the US, there's always been from, from uh, you know, 100 years ago, a small community of US expat, of British expat and French expat. These have historically been the three largest um, um, uh, communities 
And one that I doesn't that I don't count, sorry, is the uh, Korean community, uh, but which mm-hmm. is already from many different generations, and which have become, let's say, sort of Japanese, or at least have Japanese passport, because now from three generations they're born in Japan. And I'm not going to go back to the history point, but that's that's a fact. Um, so the expat life is easy because usually people come. Again, like I started, I mean, you're sponsored by your company. It's about your job. It's about the career. Um, you know, uh, everybody's trying to make you um, on board smoothly and make sure that your family is in the right conditions. Um, but but it is a it is a limited environment. Uh, it remains within a certain corporate life where you just go out on Fridays and have some beers together. Uh, these folks will be here for three, four or five years. And very few of them probably two, three percent of all these expats will love it so much that they will decide mm-hmm. to stay. And I have a few examples. Um, and they came maybe a decade ago, um, you know, same as me. And what was supposed to be three or five years became a lifetime. They've settled here. I know I have a very good Spanish friend of mine. He's in his 50s now. Um, he came here for work as well. And, and, and they just fell in love with Japan with his wife. Both are Spanish. Uh, two daughters, and they grew up here as well with junior high and high school, and now entering university. So they're Spanish, but their their world is Japan, and 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 I found that beautiful. Again, um, uh, take it or leave it, right? as one would say. <laughs> so it's this kind of experience. I think this is why we've been seeing tourism growing like hell for the three four years before the pandemic where Japan broke literally all record in terms of number of people coming in. Um, and because mouth to ear, um, people have a good experience, even traveling as a tourist. People will always say Japanese people are great. Food is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people are polite and it's clean and it's safe. Yeah. Uh, and people say, oh, I never thought about the Far East, but let's give it a shot. And then <laughs> that ended up being 40 million people coming in 2019, I think, which is huge wow. um, in the Japan context once again. So, um, um, yeah, the expat life is great. And again, depending on the mindset, I think it's even greater to go outside of the expat life and really dig into mm-hmm. the society the language, the culture, to really, uh, to really sense the real uh, uh, Japanese life and, 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 let's say, way of living. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like every single person who traveled to Japan literally says, "Oh my gosh, they are so polite." Like Japanese people yeah. are so polite. Uh, it's so clean. Food is amazing. Like all the great things. So yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I agree with you. Um, so let's let's talk about your work work-related uh, uh, things. Yeah. So so you worked for Japanese market. Obviously, you've been living in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years, but you have not only worked for Japanese market, but also in other Asian markets, including Hong Kong, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan as well throughout your career, which is really interesting. So you're kind of like the expert in the Asia market in, in the finance <laughs> world. <laughs> So um, could you share with us how your experience was like, you know, working in Asian markets and any any sort of like lessons that you learned throughout your career? Oh, I've, I've enjoyed a lot uh, and particularly South Korea, uh, to be um, to be honest with you. I've, I've enjoyed a lot Taiwan and, and, and Singapore and Hong Kong. It's always been i mean once again uh, when i really started to discover asia i had been in japan for already two or three years so already sort of embedded into the, the japanese culture but really open to keep on learning um and with carla i was sent to singapore and hong kong um and a few deals in, in, in taipei and every time i just went with these you know um, eyes wide open on, on trying to observe and, and, and learn and understand and, and, and grasp what's different. Uh, after all, it's Asia and it's not Japan. Every, each and every country is different as it is in Europe. Germany is not France. France is not Spain. And even we're very all close to each other, uh, including here in, in Asia. Each country have their specificity. So it's just been, it's always been a lot. I've been traveling around in terms of sightseeing, but uh, I would say 70% of it has been about work. So the experience is also different in the way that you're focused on what you need to do and what you need to achieve with the people that you need to meet. 
even if there's some always some 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 great times uh, out. I've always tried to 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 just adapt and and, and listen and learn. You know, you, you you know again. I mean, we, we we say you know it's it's not the the most powerful or intelligent species that survives. The one that is most capable to adapt, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's just adapting and, and again, being like a teenager who knew nothing uh, and, and keep on learning about the world around. I mean, I've, I've been I've been amazed by some some ways of living and life in, in Seoul, um, 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 same in Taipei and the, the way uh, people behave. There's massive differences with Japan, massive, um, uh, particularly in South Korea, I think, where I found so much more similarities with um, Europe in the way of how people act and behave. Uh, this sort of, I call that aggressivity, but there, it's a positive uh, aggressivity mm-hmm. for me, which you don't find in Japan where it's probably much more colder uh, in terms of people standing in front of you. There's no physical contact or shaking hands or all that sort of stuff. Um, and, 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 and Seoul was completely different. Uh, and and the way of thinking is also probably different. Mm-hmm. Historic books are not the same as we say. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's always very difficult to worry out uh, this part because it's just same as if you were taking your backpack and travel around the world and you, you just go you know with your eyes wide open and and and, and try to meet people and, and learn from them and uh, and absorb this difference and and somehow that is also part of what's forging you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, even in Europe, like France, Italy, like Spain, Germany, all these European countries are so different. Of yeah. course, there are similarities, but like, it's not the same, right? Yes. So same in Asia as well. Um, you know, even Japan and Korea, we are so close, like geographically. Absolutely. And, you know, there are many, many similarities. However, we have a lot of differences as well. Sure. So like, I learned this when I when I first moved to Singapore. I thought like, oh, it's Asia, you know, it's gonna be very similar. Of course, it's, I know that there's a difference, but like, I learned that like even Southeast Asian countries, among those countries, there are many differences as well. Like yes. Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, like other countries, all, all countries have their own characteristics, and there are so many differences. Absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's the beauty of like living abroad and Absolutely. experiencing new cultures and adapting to new cultures and experiencing it. Absolutely, so, um, absolutely. Yeah. Just constantly gasping the world around you. Uh, I went to Vietnam. I had some fantastic time in, yeah. in, in, in Vietnam. Again, completely different country, completely different context, completely different people. Um, then you take another flight, you land in Singapore. It's really mm-hmm. not that far away, but it's just yeah. a different world again and, and feels also much more European. And again, I compare, it's not a comparison to Europe that I'm doing because it's my roots. So somehow mm. there's, there's a natural comparison. Um, and, 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 and then you fly to Taipei and, or, you know, even in Thailand, I remember spending some time in, in Thailand, even between Bangkok and and the south of Thailand, if you go to Phuket or or Kolonta or Kopi mm. it's the people are not the same, even within the same country, right? Um, so so it's it's just eye opening. Um, I think it's it's brilliant to be able to constantly learn and and engage and and um, and and keep on sharing with the, with everyone we can. Yeah, absolutely. I love Vietnam too. Food is amazing. People are so nice, so Great beautiful. Country. Great country. <laughs> um. Okay. So. After working in finance world, I guess, yep. <laughs> in 2022, you founded Nemesis Technologies. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to hear more about how it all started, you know, why you started it and what's your kind of like mission or goal, um, yeah, about your business. Okay, thanks for asking. I think there's that's, that's the com- culmination point of 15 years of, of career. Um, uh, where, where let's say, galaxies were finally aligned uh, for mm-hmm. me uh, as a finance guy to basically launch uh, my own investment fund. Um, so Nemesis Technologies and, and the idea that is behind Nemesis is to um, change drastically how we finance 
um, um, the private market world. So startup A, startup B, startup C, uh, and how we manage uh, investors on the other side that help us uh, to invest uh, in these companies. So that's the initial green line, which is again, huge amount of hours of reflection on what can be changed in the market and how that should happen. And the second element to that is blockchain technology, um, which, uh, as you very well know, uh, I'm actually living in the motherland uh, of blockchain technology. Um, and even if that went all the way to Bitcoin, uh, what was really fascinating is the underlying technology, uh, digital ledger technologies, which help to completely change the way we do finance around the world in terms mm. of decentralizing um, uh, processes um, uh, reducing cost of investment, uh, more transparency, and so on and so forth. So the whole idea of, of Nemesis Technologies is really to um, um, create a, uh, an investment fund, which is very focused on venture capital and, and, and private equity type of investment. So early stage investment in startup companies and growth capital at a later stage as well and really leverage on blockchain technology for our own investment vehicle to create a sort of new financial instrument for our uh, investors, uh, completely decentralized, um, as opposed to the good old approach of having an investment vehicle, big asset management house, invest money in there, and they have shares of the investment mm -hmm. vehicle in return, but they are locked up for 10 years or 12 years. And here we're completely unlocking that. So not only they can come in, but through this uh, tokenization process uh, on the blockchain, they can get in and get out when they want, oh. basically. And we can also enable much smaller investors to come in. So not yet retail investors, but very soon, enable to invest um, in, a, in a large venture capital fund uh, based here in, in, in Tokyo, uh, rather than the good old approach of, uh, of the Goldman Sachs of this world, as I always say, with big tickets where it was only in the five or ten million dollars, uh, mm. while now you can, for just a few tens of thousands of dollars, uh, basically invest money in a, in a venture capital that benefits and invest in real economy and in the technologies of tomorrow. Um, and and so that was really the the driver uh, of all that, and really embedding these fifteen years of experience and and and, and try to um, to um, to put it uh, together. So that's the beginning of a of a, of the journey, which, as you mentioned, started in just January this year. But I think we're already a long way down uh, yeah. where where we were supposed to be, um, and and really bridging um, everything that has to be bridged to um, to make it happen. Super cool. Um... When did you get more interested in this blockchain technology? Oh, that started, I think, back in... Uh, it's been buzzing in 2000, from 2009 uh, in Japan. Um, and, and that was really the beginning of those Bitcoins, which, which has existed from 2009 uh, in Japan. And then the technology itself is really from 2012 uh, that I started mm -hmm. to study. Um, I've been part of the Blockchain Center of Excellence, uh, um, uh, before PwC uh, with uh, Hitotsubashi University, which is an engineering school um, here. And that, that was the first university in Japan that created a blockchain center of excellence and really uh, drive it from an R&D and academic perspective, but also bringing people from the private sector uh, and try to continue the evolution and the understanding of, of, of you know, the potential uh, industrial applications of, of digital ledger technologies. So that's a 10 years journey uh, already in, in, in yeah. blockchain understanding. And what we're seeing since two or three years with DeFi, sci-fi, um, 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 uh, the, the uh, digital securities, uh, digital assets, uh, NFTs more recently, all that is a lot of hype. It's riding on the same underlying technology and it's fine. It's we're still in a discovery mode. It's it's normal. Um, things will consolidate. Um, but what's behind is unchangeable, and I found that absolutely fascinating mm. because we're changing the rules of the game of, of how we do that. And it doesn't mean we don't need banks anymore. Or they, these mm. are that shouldn't happen. Uh, but it's just the way uh, we can function uh, from a regulation, from a privacy data. 
um, a perspective is, I think, opening doors to uh, to things that we're not able to imagine uh, yet. So that's really how the whole blockchain thing started, and slowly discovering once again within my financial world lens what was doable, what was not doable, and then pushing some buttons here and there because the governance needed to evolve. So there's been some involvement with the Japanese government. Um, um, uh, that created a, a sandbox framework from a governance perspective uh, to enable uh, uh, emerging funds like Nemesis to start evolving in a more free way and try to bring in investors and 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 explore uh, what would those digital securities do and how would that work, minimizing the risk, the exposure, but really start creating the, um, the the opportunity. So it's very open in Japan. There's a lot of lots of opportunities and, and the approach is very collectivist. We all learn together with banks, with ministries, with private sector, with universities, and we move along um, and, and, and tweak things here and there um, if there's, you know, in terms of risk control, risk management, uh, and keep on moving forward. And I think Hong Kong and Singapore are taking the, 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 the same wave, uh, same ride, sorry, uh, now. Uh, South Korea is going to get there as well. Um, uh, the UAE as well, Europe. So, you know, all that is a global evolution of, uh, of uh, things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I must say that, you know, after, you know, listening to what you're saying, I must say that you are really good at um, explaining complex concept in a very simple and easy way because i have no finance <laughs> i don't i know nothing not nothing but like i'm not a finance expert i'm not a you know blockchain you know i always wanted to learn more but i'm not you know i'm not gonna pretend i'm an expert in that in that aspect but like after listening how you explain i just could understand like really clearly so i think yeah. that's I, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I think you are really in a, you know, you're the expert. You're really in a right business. I think, um, you know, you have finance background, plus you've been, you know, studying and learning and knowing a lot about blockchain technology. It's definitely where the future is ahead. So um, I'm very excited to see, um, you know, what's coming I appreciate your support I really appreciate it thank you yeah I, I mean it I mean it wow um okay just a couple more questions sure. um okay so we talked about Japan I guess the whole theme yeah. about this podcast episode is uh you know Japan living as an expat or I don't know like local now for you <laughs> in Japan <laughs> but like there are many people who are also interested in moving to Japan um what would be your you know advice uh for them who are thinking of moving to Japan or interested in you know maybe working in Japan or living in Japan what would be your I don't, I don't know, like top advice. <laughs> I would, uh, no, it's a great question to see. It's, uh, I'm biased because I came unexpectedly and, uh, and, mm. and, and learned from it. Um, so my example would tend to be biased in, 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 in that way. Um, but there's two ways. It's either you want to discover first and make sure that you like it or not. Um, <clears throat> or um, you come up like I did, whatever is your situation, professional and, and personal, and embrace it. Um, to embrace Japan, you need to forget about everything, everything, not who you are, but all the marks that you've been having in other cities uh, whatsoever. Otherwise, you're not able to function uh, in a city like uh, like like Tokyo because most of expat or, or whoever would come to Tokyo uh, first. So um, it's important to come without these so-called personal bias, we all have some, it's mm, normal. Yeah. Let's try to <laughs> forget about it and really absorb. And again, back to everything I said, learn and share and, and, and listen and, 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 and understand why is it that the society is working this way and, 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 and while people speak or behave this way. And that helps you to be so much happier in, in, in your new environment. There's many benefits to living in Japan, and I'm not doing any any sales representation for the tourism office. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, it's a matter of again liking them or not. Um, there's there's lots of beauty around. There's some great people, and if people want to come to Japan, they're always welcome. 
people are really respectful. Um, there's much more shyness uh, from Japanese communities. So it's there's a tendency that it's always up to the foreigner to show that you adapted and that you're able to make mm-hmm. that step forward uh, uh, as well. And that's probably where lies the very beauty of the Japanese harmony. Um, um, so, um, so yeah, come to Japan. Hell yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try out. Right. Uh, just, I, I, I become, I just, uh, you know, I'm curious now, do you, do you feel that the way of communication, your, your, your style, your communication style has changed, um, after living in Japan for a while, because you mentioned shyness in Japan, Um, and I am pretty sure compared to Europe, uh, the way of communication is definitely more indirect. Yeah. Um, do you feel that you become less indirect when you communicate uh, with people in Japan? Or uh, do you notice any, any changes in communication style? Yeah, there has been properly. It's a fantastic question as well. I haven't looked at it this way. And again, it's part of this third of my life that has forced me. So I don't know else. Um, mm. particularly at this time of, 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 of my life. Uh, but yes, probably. Uh, but then it's also linked with who I am as an individual. I was naturally an introvert, uh, believe me or not, but I was naturally really? an introvert. Really? <laughs> within the Latin context of things, I was okay. more on the introvert side than an extra, extrovert. Japan is even more introvert, uh, which mm. is linked by culture, language, and being safer in a closed home without being too much engaged with the rest of the community. Hence, that drives a way to express themselves, which is much more complex than any French man would understand. Um, and that has helped me to probably balance better my point of view, the way I express things, maybe, as you said, learn to explain complex things in a simple way or a more simple way, which is never easy with Japanese people. Uh, that's still something that I'm fighting for 15 years in. Uh, again, and I think it's all the way back to your first question, emotional intelligence. It's just trying mm-hmm. to adapt and take the best components of, uh, of all that. Fighting for my own um, uh, introvert sort of character and be more open while understanding other even more introvert people than me and, 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 and try mm-hmm. to summarize that. But if I'm back in France, as per your question, um, I will certainly feel that I have more posed approach uh, of things that I used to, mm-hmm. and definitely more posed than the people in front of me. Uh, and that might be one of the reflection um, or, you know, of how um, this evolution um, publicly perspires uh, to um, to others. But again, that's something normal to me. So I, I haven't thought about it this way. Wow. <laughs> okay, just uh, two more questions. Um, maybe your answer might be the same as your first question, the infinite game and emotional intelligence, but do you have a motto that you live by? Oh, I have many, Lucy. Yeah, I have many. <laughs> I would not know how to summarize them, but um, um, I'll, I'll take a... I'll take an example um, of um, my uh, old man uh, once uh, told me, uh, and I think that probably all come from uh, from uh, from my father and my grandfather. But uh, my grandpa used to say, "I fear no evil." Um, and the guy, you know, World War II started when he was 18, and French armed forces and this and that. I mean, we, we all know the, the story of these young men. Um, I fear no evil. Uh, maybe it's linked with courage. It's linked with emotional intelligence. Um, um, so my motto would be, I fear no evil. I am what I am. And I'll throw another bottle of wine at your warship while saying it over and over again. There's a hundred years of French rebellion in this DNA. So would you like to test it? So that would be my motto. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Eh? No, no, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, no, I mean, like, um, you know, your your answers from the start to even now, uh, do you have a motto that you live by? It's just uh, unexpected in a in a very very good way. So I was just taking it in and just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Um, 
Okay, the last one last question that I ask all my guests. So, what's your favorite book that you like to recommend to our listeners? Any book? Um, so I've never been a big reader. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I've I've had、It's、some、okay. <laughs> very clinically targeted reading um, since uh, since uh, yeah a decade ago,、um, uh, particularly in English. And、um, there's one that has that I would recommend because it has particularly meant a lot,、um, uh, which is from a famous writer called Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, and it's a collection of essays that is called the Conduct of Life,、uh, and these essays were written back in the U.S. in the 1850s, 1860s,、um, about um, um, what does life mean for me as a human.、Uh, that's how I would summarize it, and what's what's the life around me, the way I hallucinate about this life around me on an every on a on a daily basis. And I find it even, I mean, relevant even nowadays, 150、mm-hmm. years later,、uh, from from a human standpoint. And I think it's linked again with this、uh, experience, with the emotional intelligence, with the way、uh, I drive things.、Uh, and there's a lot of relevant nugget、uh, all along those collection of essays.、Um, I'm, I'm I'm sure a lot of people、uh, know Rolf Waldo Emerson, and there's a lot of quotes for them. But from a writing perspective, it's a Uh, it's definitely a recommendation. Huge fan as well, so I'm glad right. that. Right,、yeah. I, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know. I'm glad you brought it up, but、uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, that's all all the questions that I prepared.、Uh, is there anything that you wanna you wanna say before we wrap up? No, look, I'm really grateful that、uh, you took the time to um to um、uh, to have me uh on your podcast. I think it's、uh, it's great to exchange. Um. I'm happy to、uh, be available if、uh, anyone has questions about Japan.、Uh, anyone wants to hang out、uh, and and learn a bit more about what it is about expat life with your help,、uh, and um, and um, and happy to、um, to keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Thanks so much.、Uh, this has been very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you much, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode, and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.